we provide insight and encouragement to pastors and volunteers who are serving in small churches uh, with the hope that such insight and encouragement provided uh, help them to uh, serve their community with passion and with purpose. I am your host, Joseph Obisheson, and I hope you are doing fantastically well wherever you are today listening to this uh, podcast. This is a podcast for pastors and volunteers who are serving in small churches. Uh, I want to remind you that God is not put up or God is not put away uh, by the small number in your church. Uh, whether you are serving in a home church or you are leading a small church in the community of 30 or 50 or 100 of whatever number, um, God is not put uh, God not put off uh, by that the small number in your church. As a matter of fact, God is excited that you uh, have stayed faithful uh, to feed the flock of Jesus Christ, the flock that Jesus died um, to give his life for. Uh, Jesus died to give uh, them life. The Bible says, I've come that they might have life and, and have it more abundantly. So God, God is um, in fact impressed that you have continued to serve uh, those people uh, faithfully and as the Lord will continue to supply you uh, the grace to do so. Um, today, uh, I just want to share some thoughts. Uh, I noticed that in recent times we've been talking uh, about church planting and uh, what happens. Uh, for instance, in episode 9, we talked about church planting by small by your small church is possible. Um, you know, and then in episode number 10, uh, we talked about you're a church planter, you just don't know it yet. Uh, so this episode that obviously speak to, you know, encourage church, uh, church planters, uh, in small churches, or at least, uh, give some insight into how small churches like yours, uh, can be involved in, in church planting. So, so as a follow up to that, um, I thought it might be a good idea to actually speak to, to a subject of uh, what happens, especially in the initial years of uh, your new church plant. Uh, I've titled this, uh, this particular episode, uh, Seven Things That Will Happen in the First Three Years. In other words, seven things that will happen in the first uh, three years of your church plant. Uh, the, the number seven is, <laughs> is not magical in this sense. Um, that's how much I could glean and, uh, and that's how much I, I could uh, come up with immediately. Uh, there could be a lot more. And I, I'm actually of the opinion that there are a lot more that takes place, uh, in the initial years of, uh, a, a new church plant, uh, that we could have, and that we could actually talk about. Uh, but I just want to limit this podcast to these seven things that, I believe will happen in the first three years of your of your church plant, uh, and the idea behind it is so that you actually prepare ahead for it. Especially if you are a, a pastor or a volunteer in a in a new church plant, so that you'll be able to uh, manage your expectations. Um, you know, as uh, as you go along in your new church plant. Um, so this is episode number eleven. And like I said earlier, uh, I want to talk to you about seven things that will happen in the first three years of your church plant. Number one, 
Uh, I'm not sure why I even, I'm even starting with this, but uh, let me just say it right away. People will leave your church. Yes, I said it. <laughs> I know. I know that's that's not what you. Um, that as a as a church planter, that's the last thing you actually want to hear. But boys, like I said earlier, it's it's good that uh, you listen to some of this and uh, just to manage your expectation. People will leave your church, and that's not to suggest that you are a bad person or you are a bad pastor, and and. Um, uh, no, that's that's not to suggest that you don't know how to preach or you don't know how to lead. It, it's just what happens, you know. Uh, people will leave your church. They will sometimes if they will even leave your church to go to the church next door, <laughs> which <laughs> which obviously um, you know uh, makes sometimes may sometimes look quite very unpleasant and and may get you angry. But but that's just the way it is. Uh, people left uh, if people. Could, were able to leave Jesus's church, and by Jesus's church, I'm talking about his disciples. At some point, uh, there were some of his disciples that, that actually left, you know, um, although in, in a, a, diff, a, a different circumstance, uh, you know, and it, it happened to Jesus. So, who were who you and who, who am I uh, to not experience that? Uh, so, people will leave your church, and that may happen as as early as three months into your church plant. Uh, six months or in the first year. As a matter of fact, it, it will surprise you the people that will leave. Some of the people that will leave, uh, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even be able to imagine it, you, you know. Uh, and it will also surprise you the people that will stay, <laughs> you know. That's, that's the experience, uh, uh, as a church planter. So you need to prepare for it and manage your expectation. And, uh, the, the most important thing is that when people leave your church, know that God has not left your church. Uh, know that the Holy Spirit is, is still in your church uh, and learn uh, from whatever happens. Sometimes as a pastor, it's not just their fault. Uh, it's also the fact that certain things have gone wrong that you may need to look into. But even in the best of churches, under the best of pastors, um, people will leave your church. So, so uh, expect that and manage your expectations in that regard. Uh, number two, you will preach a poor message. You will preach a poor message. In the first, uh, I'm talking about this is going to happen within the first three years. Uh, you preach a message, like some people will say, describe it as a, a message that sucks. <laughs> you know, a message that is uninspiring. And that's not to say that you have not prepared for it, but something just happens. And, and, um, and I think as pastors, you know, you, you, you should try as much as possible to listen to your messages. Um, you know, after you have preached them, this, this will help a lot. It may not be immediately after because, uh, look, if you are like me, I, I don't want to listen to myself. Um, after I've just preached a message, <laughs> because right away I will begin to, oh, no, I, I shouldn't have said it like that. Oh, yeah, there was something I ought to have said that I missed out and all of those things, you know, kind of critical about, you know, what I've just preached. But I think as, as pastors, uh, you know, from time to time, we must develop this, um, you know, these, um, a way to, to, to listen to ourselves and to, and to be able to, uh, critique the message, uh, with the hope of actually learning from it. You know, you will preach a poor message. Just, just know that, uh, right away. But, but this is the interesting thing, um, that I have also found out. You will be surprised how God will use that message, which you have considered poor, 
you know, to bless someone. You know, some of the messages that I've considered, oh, maybe below average or below my expectation. And the messages that people have come up to me, you know, uh, later on and to, to tell me how much that message have actually helped them. Uh, the words that have been spoken have actually been, you know, right on time for them. Uh, uh, you might consider it poor or below average, but, but that's not exactly how it actually lands in the soul of, of someone else. And perhaps that's actually to also humble you that it's not just about you performing, you know, or, or you eating the mark, but it's about the Holy Spirit taking whatsoever uh, comes from your mouth uh, including the trash <laughs> that comes from your mouth, you know, and, and, and use it to bless someone. That, that is actually uh, very profound and, and it actually helps to humble you. And uh, as, as a preacher, you will preach a poor message. Number three, you will contemplate leaving at some point, <laughs> you know, within the first three years of a church plant, you're going to contemplate leaving whether, you know, temporarily or, or maybe permanently, you know, something is going to happen in the life of the church, uh, in your life, in your family, you know, that will get you to the point of contemplating or considering at least, you know, um, you know, leaving, you know, leaving for some time or, or just leaving permanently. Uh, uh, but, but, you know, like I said in one of my earlier podcasts, um, don't 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 leave you know but but definitely that, that consideration will, will come at some at some point uh because the church planting and leading the church uh is not for the faint hearted and i just pray that the lord will continue to su supply the grace so that even though you are tired you're weary or you are um you're frustrated you find the grace to keep and uh, to continue to do it you will contemplate leaving either temporarily or permanently. Um, number four, um, a church member will uh, bite you, bite quote and unquote. <laughs> I use that uh, figuratively. So somebody say a sheep will bite you. Maybe that's, that's more appropriate, you know, because we are under shepherd, under the Lord and the shepherd of our soul, the, the owner of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, and, the, and the people of God, in, a, in the in the church that you pastor or that you oversee or that you lead or that you serve in, uh, the Bible calls them, you know, they describe them as the sheep, you know, uh, the flock of Jesus Christ. Uh, but you will be beaten. You will experience some art, some abuse uh, at some point um, in the first three years of, your, of you pastoring your new church. Uh, so get ready for it. Uh, and that's not because those people that are going to bad you are bad or that they, some of them don't actually even mean to hurt you. Uh, but, but it just happens. Uh, it just happens because we are humans, uh, and, uh, and as, uh, people, uh, we, that's just the way we roll, you know. Uh, some people will deliberately hurt you. You know, yes, I said that, you know, some church members will deliberately uh, do something to hurt you. Uh, but you also find instances where, um, you know, church members are not, it's not, it's not a deliberate act. Uh, it's just something that happens along the line and, and you, uh, must be ready to, uh, to manage the heart, uh, when it happens. Uh, as a pastor, one of the things you probably need to do, uh, is to ensure that you, uh, work very hard 
to put yourself in a position that you are not going to uh, be subjected to a repeated abuse. And I, I, I think we can have another pod, podcast uh, to describe that, uh, so that you're not you're not exposing yourself to you know uh, repeated abuse. But but no matter how you try, uh, the truth of the matter is because you're serving a people and you're serving uh, um, a congregation that you love dearly. Uh, somehow you're going to uh, get hurt at some point based on what people say or how people behave and you must be able to manage that in a manner that is going to honor the Lord and in fact even go ahead to bless the people. So um, the sheep at some point um, in the first three years of pastoring your new church plant uh, will bite you. Uh, number five, and this is very good, this is quite positive. Uh, loyal folks will emerge. Loyal folks will emerge. In other words, no matter how how much uh, the uh, it's crazy uh, to uh, lead this new church plant, no matter how uh, some people may leave or some people may actually uh, abuse you, you will also discover that certain loyal folks uh, will emerge um, in the course of you pastoring this new church plant. Um, they are most likely going to be few, uh, but they will emerge. And, and look out for them uh, because uh, the reason is because God has brought them along the line to uh, to support you, to encourage you, to help you. Uh, and you must be able to identify such loyal uh, folks, people that are not just loyal to Christ, but also loyal to their pastor or to their leader. And you must do your best to honor such people and to value them, you must do your best to to treat them with respect, uh, because they are not they are not going to be many, especially in the first few years of your church plan. Uh, so those few ones that are loyal uh, to uh, you and to to the cause of the work that you're doing, you must be willing and ready to go the extra mile to value them, to show them that you actually value their their support and their loyalty, and and to honor them, uh, treat them with respect. Don't take them for granted at all. Don't assume that well. Uh, they ought, they they are they are mandated. Or they ought to do it um, be, because there are other people that are not doing it anyway, and that they are members of the church. So don't take such folks for granted. Loyal folks will emerge. Number six, <laughs> get ready for this. You will disappoint some people along the line. You will disappoint some people, whether by your conduct, by your response. Uh, by the words you have spoken or the things you have said, uh, you will disappoint some people. That's not necessarily because you obviously set out to do so. Uh, I've not come out across uh, a pastor that would naturally want to do something to hurt, you know, the members of his or our church. You know, uh, we are always uh, people that, um, I mean, pastors naturally will like their people to like them, to, to love them, you know. Uh, so, so not not many pastors. I've not come across any pastor really that set out to hurt their members. But but you will along the line disappoint some people. Uh, the disappointment may come because of what you do or what you have not done. Uh, but you will disappoint some people. And and when such happens, especially when it is not something intended and, and something that, you know, just happened along the line and stuff like that, you, you must be willing and ready to, to apologize. You know, apology is in order if you find out as a pastor that you have hurt your members, the members of, of your church. Uh, we need to 
we, we shouldn't stay on our high horses, you know, and, um, and, and not be willing to come down, especially when we have hurt someone in our church, uh, whether by what we have done or what we have not done. Uh, because we must recognize that, yes, you are a pastor, but you are human as well. You know, you're still flesh and blood. You still have blood flowing in your veins. And so perfection is not, is not necessarily, you know, uh, what, what we expect of you as a pastor. Uh, yes, high standard is expected, but not necessarily perfection. And so when you disappoint people, uh, especially when you have realized that what you have done is, is wrong, uh, then you must be willing and ready to apologize. Now, in this instance, I need to clarify. I'm not suggesting that uh, you must be willing and ready to apologize to all people because you have disappointed. It depends on what 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 has caused the disappointment. Sometimes, when you even speak the truth or when you lead in truth and in love, some people will still get disappointed. That's not what I'm. That's not the word I'm talking about. I'm talking about a situation where. Uh, by your conduct or by what you have done, you have inadvertently, you know, um, uh, messed with some people's emotion, and you have disappointed them. Uh, and and they are not they they are not uh, th these are not uh, people uh, that you should or or that you you actually set out to disappoint or to do something again. It just it just happened, you know, uh, and they have they have been hurt. Uh, you must manage the heart and part of the way to manage the heart if necessary is to apologize to them again i'm not suggesting that you need to apologize when you have spoken the truth and you have spoken the truth in love and uh, people have still uh, they still express that they, uh, they are disappointment you know uh, so so you need to um, by the spirit of the lord be able to decipher you know the kind of uh, disappointment that needs apology and the ones that just needs people to be prayed for and just trust that the Lord is going to get them into the right path. So, but the one I'm talking about is a situation where you have hurt someone or you have disappointed someone. Uh, you should not, because you're the pastor, because you're the leader, uh, just go on and say, well, um, whatever happens uh, has happened and just not, not, not be willing to to come to them and say, oh, brother, that's actually not what I mean, sister. That's, that's not, that's not what I intended. You know, I'm sorry if I've come across, you know, um, in a way that, that has hurt your feelings. That's, that's what I'm talking about. Well, I've spent so much time on, on that. Let, let's move on to the very last one. The last one, number seven, matters relating to position or hierarchy or power will emerge. You know, it's a young church. It's a, is is an is is a very young church. Uh, the first few years, uh, and so uh, people uh, would naturally contest for position or for for power. You know, um, uh, they will expect that certain things be accorded them, or that they need to function in certain areas of the church. And and uh, you as a pastor, you will need to proceed uh, with prayer and with caution uh, in managing such expectations of people. You know, uh, it's almost similar to you know the story of uh, of the disciples of Jesus. You know, and um, and James and John uh, came to to Jesus. You know, uh, employing uh, their mother to come and speak to Jesus on their behalf, um, saying that you know. Uh, one of them to be seated on the right 
and the other one to be seated on the left when when Jesus will get to his kingdom, you know. <laughs> and of course, when the other disciples had it, they, they were disappointed. These guys were already jostling for position in the kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> but but that's a natural thing, especially for a young church. Um, you're still putting together your your processes and procedures and and the way things function and you know structures and and who does what. Uh, and so it is natural uh, for people to jostle for for positions and for power. So you as the leader, you need to expect it, but you at the same time also need to manage such expectation uh, from people. Um, in in a very uh, you need to be very careful uh, with it you need to proceed with caution and I, I would say you need to be prayerful at this instance to be able to receive some wisdom as to how to go about it you know I, I remember at our church when it was quite young I think it was even less than three months or so uh, one of the people that you know that uh, we started the church with, you know, you could see that he was kind of more interested in being the leader of a particular group, you know, and uh, and to be honest at the time, I as the pastor wasn't really very convinced that uh, he needed such authority or such power uh, because uh, we were all you know, uh, being called to, to, to work, you know, to see that the church was established. It wasn't, it wasn't necessarily the time to be, um, exerting some level of influence and power. But, but he was keen. He was more, you know, more interested in uh, being made the head of these and being made the leader of that. And, and I sensed that right from the outset. And, and after a season of prayer, um, I, I knew it was time to, uh, to let him go. You know, uh, and and so when he expressed, uh, when this person uh, expressed his uh, willingness to move on, um, you know, by all means, you know, because <laughs> that was that was an answer to a prayer because his his quest and his his drive uh, for power was already distorting, you know, uh, the dynamics of of the group, you know, of the small group uh, that that were put together at the time. But it is something to be expected. It is something that is natural, uh, and sometimes it's not because those people are bad. Uh, it's just that um, so sometimes it's a it's a it's a it's a function of being immature, you know. Uh, and this has nothing to do with age. It it has to do with spiritual development, spiritual maturity, uh, and so uh, you need to expect that, and uh, you should be prepared to deal with that. So these are some of the things that I consider necessary to share today that you need to expect. Uh, in the first three years of, of your church plan. Uh, and that's me being done. I hope this, this has been of help, uh, to you. Um, and we actually appreciate if you, um, help us promote this podcast. And the way to do that is simple. If you can just subscribe to this podcast, that would be fantastic. Uh, smallchurchrealities.com. Smallchurchrealities.com is the website if you want to learn more about it. If you subscribe to it, obviously, that will be helpful to, to, uh, to us. Uh, also, uh, one of the ways to also help us is to uh, share the link with your pastor friends or other people, volunteers in other churches. Uh, that would be fantastic as well. Uh, if you want to reach me, that would be great. Uh, you can reach me through uh, my church email. Uh, by the way, uh, I pastor a church called Eel City Church in Edinburgh, Western Australia. Hill City Church in Hellingbrook, Western Australia. So you can reach me through the email, my uh, church email. It is joe, J-O-E 
at eelcitychurch.com.au. J-O-E, that's Joe, at eelcitychurch.com.au. Eel City is like, you know, city on a hill. eelcitychurch.com.au. Until next time, when um, I will have another opportunity to uh, bring a word of uh, encouragement to you, I want to uh, say that you keep, you need to keep, you know, uh, serving the Lord faithfully uh, and keep trusting the Lord to help you as you lead and as you serve those precious, precious things that Jesus died uh, to give life unto. God bless you.